tonight Oh, down beside that red firelight Oh, you're gonna let it all hang out Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Three Man Weave. Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with... TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And as we always remind you on these ChairShot airwaves to always use your head... And that includes supporting your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official, like a referee's whistle, chair shot t-shirt. Get it soft style, fellas. Only time that's acceptable. We literally have something for everyone. Again, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content that you love day in and day out here at the chair shot is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt. Please and thank you, thank you and please. And remember, folks, the chairshot.com, we're not just a website. We're a movement. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the commissioner, PC Tunney, as well as the Reverend Raymond Cash. Today on the show, we've got a couple of special guests. We're not exactly doing the three-man weave today. We're doing the spread offense, or we, we hell, we got enough to run a five-way pickup on the big court, which hopefully my lungs don't collapse. Oh, First and that. foremost, from the bandwagon nerds and the great DeMarco show, friend of the show, my favorite Caucasian, put your hands together and show your love for Mr. Patrick O'Dowd. Favorite Caucasian, huh? Yeah. There'll wow. be no... There will be no studio audience today, so don't be waiting there, there, there will be no studios <laughs> or anything like that. that. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about a sport other than hockey uh, today. Oh, no hockey today, eh? No Tim Hortons, well, I, eh? I mean, I, I talked about hockey on uh, Tuesday. Hockey I cannot bum a smoke. Terrible. Not, anyway, they, they you sound Jamaican. They don't all play in Canada, dude. <laughs> Whatever. And it, never, and it never rains in Southern California, so the Tonys tell us. Tony, if you would, please... Do the honors of bringing in our esteemed guest today, making his three-man weave debois. Well, listen, I followed this gentleman on Twitter. Great Twitter feed, by the way. Joey Bag OV Donuts, um, especially if you're on the East Coast or in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area as, as well. Great, great Twitter account. Great uh, podcast. Great show as well that he has. Um, I, being a Packer fan, once knew a man named Frank Bag of Donuts, but now... Taking his place in my heart is one Joey Bag of Donuts. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me. I I, I don't think I'm going to be your second favorite Caucasian, but I, I hope to be in the top 10. <laughs> maybe maybe top 100. No, top 10, that is doable, man. There's okay. a, a lot okay. of spots available. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he only knows five Caucasians, and three of them are now on the podcast. That's what that is. 
listen, that's what we do here at the Chairshot Radio Network. We uh we we broaden Black Horizons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. We on our dark journey too, Tony. What the hell are you talking about? Oh man, this is like opposite day <laughs> over here, isn't there. it? Deep cut there, Black. Dark journey, deep cut. Oh boy. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well. We got plenty of stuff to talk today. We got a great crew here to talk about it. So why don't we get into it and continue to piss off everybody that owns a copyright? Wow, boys. Say it ain't so. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Wow. I I just... I didn't think they could do it, and wow, what a what a way to win that game. In addition, we have the Rams coming through, making it to the Super Bowl that they went out and basically you one could say purchased, but in in a proper way, it's it's up to them. They have no first round picks, but Rams, Bengals. Let's take a look back last week. Joy, what are your thoughts on, on that amazing comeback by Joe Burrow? What eighteen point second half deficit? You know, first playoffs. Fourth consecutive AFC championship there, right there at Arrowhead. And he goes, comes out, and some would say maybe Casey lost it, but I say that kid got the job done. Absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable to go into Kansas City, down 18, and to come back. And, and you you mentioned it. Did, did Kansas City lose it, or did Cincinnati uh, win it? I think it's a combination of both, but it's just absolutely amazing that as bad as Cincinnati looked in that first half, how good they looked and how bad Kansas city was and how bad Mahomes just, just, just crapped out in the, in the, at the end of the game, it was just incredible. That's, that's all it is. It's just incredible and amazing that that all happened. It's really odd because it was really a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for both teams in a, in a tale of two halves. It just happens that the Bengals got them by three there in the second half. Patrick, I know you've been paying attention to the playoffs. I think we both had Kansas City going to the Super Bowl in that game. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing one pick was was odd enough just because he tends to be even – even when he's throwing a ball away, he usually throws it away in a way that it's not gonna it's not gonna go into to poor hands. But yeah, Joey kind of hit on it. He just he looked awful in that in that second half, and, and it was it was so uncharacteristic. I'm so used to, and even as that game was going on, and Cincinnati was making the comeback, I kept being like, okay, Mahomes is gonna find a way. He's gonna do one of his like. Pocket's going to collapse. He's going to roll to the outside. He's going to hit Kelsey on the seam while looking the other way. And we're all going to be like, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. What a what a great story. Look at him overcome this adversity. And he didn't. He just lay, he laid an egg. He laid a rare egg uh, in his, his young career. And I was, I, you know, kudos to the Bengals uh, for, for staying the course and for, for getting it done and taking advantage of those mistakes and making them pay. And now they're in the Super Bowl. It's funny, Ray, because between McKinnon and Edwards Alaire, they had 18 carries for 101 yards. I mean, what, where is where is this not happening to secure a football game? Andy Reid's never been one to run the ball when it mattered. That's never been his MO. And he's, he's always had good running backs, but he's never been one to take care about that. But when I think about this game, um, you asked the question, was it did the Bengals win it or did the Chiefs choke? When I look at that second half, 
only one team did. The Bengals regularly can score 18, 21, 24 points and a half. The Chiefs couldn't score a field goal. They couldn't get past midfield. They choked. And Patrick Mahomes gave the game away. It's interesting. This was the one season where, you know, he had a lot of um, trouble at the beginning of the season because I don't want to say they changed the offense, but Patrick had to learn to you can't hit a home run every time. You can't be Adam Dunn. It's okay to be Ichiro sometimes. It's okay to be a fully fledged hitter, right? And it, once they figured that out, week seven, week eight, week nine, they went off. They went amazing. This game looked a lot like he went back to trying to hit home runs, and it just didn't work. You know, it's, it's funny, guys. Um, a few things. <clears throat> Pardon me. Number one. This game was a mirror image to the the game that these two teams played towards the end of the season, where Kansas City got out to a big lead and Cincinnati kept chipping away, and ultimately they they won it in the end. In regards to did Kansas City choke or did Cincinnati win, the answer is probably yes. But you you also have to give Cincinnati credit as well because they came out in that second half and they made adjustments. They said, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna rush three guys, we're gonna drop eight back in coverage. And, Ray, you talked about it. Andy Reid, he's always seems to have been allergic to the run for some reason. They said, we're not going to let you beat us passing. You're going to have to run the ball. We double-dog dare you. We triple-dog dare you, motherfucker, to run the ball. And they just didn't do it. Even Mahomes didn't want to run the ball. I, I don't know what that was about. I don't know if he was hurt or whatever the case may be. Maybe that'll come out a little bit later. But also, another thing to take into consideration is, well, first, let me give Joe Burrow his props. Because... If you look at the stat sheet, eh, his, his statistics are pretty pedestrian if we keep it at a buck and a half. But in that fourth quarter, when there were plays that needed to be made, he yep. made those plays. You know what I mean? There were a couple of, in that third quarter, there were a couple third and longs, and he just took off and ran and got the first down. So, I mean, he did his thing. He, he really did. So you have to give him his props there. And ultimately, gentlemen, I think this is just more about attrition than anything else. You know, those early 90s Bills teams get maligned for losing four consecutive Super Bowls, but it negates the fact that it's just very hard to do that. It's very difficult in this league to get to a Super Bowl. So Kansas City is always going to be there. I think the rest of the league is starting to catch up a little bit, but props to them for having a great season, and really all the kudos go to the Bengals. Kansas City and Andy Reid pretty much is is mirroring the success he had in Philadelphia. Just he won the Super Bowl there. And if you want to talk about Joe Burrow and where his – Joe, you can debate me on that in one second here. I just want to say Joe Burrow, pedestrian statistically, until you get the third down, where his QBR is 90 freaking six this playoff season. Well, you were shaking your head at something I said, Joey. No, I was just going to say that, you know, you mentioned Andy Reid – it's 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 arrogance that did them in. Also, look at the end of the first half. They were about to score a touchdown. They were about to get points. There was like nine seconds on, left on the clock. They were first and goal, and they they just assumed, oh, we got Tyreek. We'll just throw it to Tyreek. We we got this. And then they end up with no points, and that ended up killing them. And this this being allergic to the run. It's like you have to win with style points. It's not like Andy Reid and Mahomes just want to win. They want to win with style. Instead, of, they they were gashing them on the run. All they needed to do was run and no 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 we need to pass we need to do all those little dipsy doodle things and look what happened by, by the way who made that tackle on hill at the uh at the like the one yard line right i think because that was it, was it was a corner in the safety i know that it was a hell like 
because it wasn't just like they made the hit and then they just sort of slid him out of bounds, like just slid him out at the one as time expired. It was such a great play on that on the ball. Like it was so good. And, and good. Sorry, Patrick. I just wanted yeah. to say, Ken. One thing I think there's such a a an entertaining team. They're so um, mesmerizing when they're hitting on all cylinders that they lulled us into a false sense of security that we overrate, massively overrated their defense and their offensive line. And we came into the season knowing that was their, their weak points. And they went on that run that made us forget these are problems. And you saw the back end of their defense couldn't hold up in the third and fourth quarters. And Patrick Mahomes was running for his life literally the, the second the ball was snapped in that second half. So it came back to bite him. And, you know, for all, Andy Reid is one of the best uh, coaches we have in this in this world, maybe ever. But he's had three issues is uh, adjustments for, on halftime. Got to work on it. Making like um, time sensitive calls like timeouts or time management. Got to work on it. And the damn run game. Deuce McAllister, Brian um, Westbrook, Shady McCoy, all these great running backs he's had over the years. And he just won't run the ball. It's a shame. In the uh, in the event of talking about everything we want to talk about today and not having a Band Reagan nerds esque length show, and there's nothing hey, wrong with that, hey, Patrick. Listen, hey. I've been the one throughout time hey. that's gone. You know, you say Greg gives you shit about the time, and I, what do I do? Fucking don't worry about what he, Greg says. He's coming to realize. Love you, Greg. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Let's slide over to the other conference and talk about what happened between the Rams and the 49ers. Sean McVay finally beating Kyle Shanahan, right? And this game, I don't, I didn't think either team really wanted to win it. Um, the Niners could not run the football, which allowed you know the Rams to play some really good defense there at the end of the game. But Cooper Cup is fucking ridiculous, guys. Um, I, I, let's go backwards this time, Platt. Let's start with you. I mean. OBJ, you've been saying all along. Ray, you've been saying it as well. He's not washed. His compliment to Cooper Cup is allowing Matt Stafford to just absolutely destroy teams. That They couldn't run the ball either, but, Chris, they sure as hell could pass it there against the Niners, something the Packers sure as fuck couldn't do, not like I'm mad about it. Man, speaking of being mad about shit, man, do you realize how pissed off being born and raised in Cleveland and unfortunately, being oh, well. a Cleveland Brown fan, yeah, yeah. I got to back. watch this Super Bowl. I I, I got to watch our Boston baby brothers. Braves. It's mostly play. having to Thank live you. in Cleveland, right? I, oh, shut up, like Milwaukee, some <laughs> fucking pride. Shut up. Oh, you're welcome. I got to watch our baby brothers play OBJ, and somebody's gonna go home with the chip, man. Like, what the damn hell? Like, you can't even tell me from one to fifty-two that this Bengals team is more talented than the Browns. But that's neither here nor there. Congratulations to the Rams. They actually no, ain't no, nah, nah, Ray. No, but but back to the Rams though. They did the uh, exact opposite of what the Bengals did. They play, forced. Can I finish the, my soliloquy? No, go no, ahead, Patrick. How did, the, how, did, how, did, how did the Browns do during the playoffs? I forgot. <laughs> so as the, well as the Bears. So the, hey, saying, there it is. Nobody, nobody expects the Bears <laughs> so to do anything. I, I called the Bears season dead week two. Week two, I was like, oh, we're done. <laughs> but oh. no, Joey, when it comes around to you, feel free to talk about the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least we made the playoffs. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we, we we about to really talk about the Steelers because they're going to be pertinent <laughs> for our next topic. But that's neither here nor there. Back to the Rams. They actually did the exact opposite of what the Bengals did. 
they said, you know what? We're going to stack the line. We're going to make sure Depot can't beat us. We're going to make sure Little can't beat us. And Jimmy G, if y'all go into the Super Bowl, it's all on you, brother. And obviously, he couldn't get it done. I, I agree with you, Tunney. This this was very similar. This game, this whole playoff experience, you know, regardless of, or, you know, taking out the Arizona game, you have gotten the entire Rams experience in these two football games. You get the good, the bad, the ugly. Matt Stafford tried to do the Matt Stafford. God bless that brother. I can't remember his name, the one that dropped the interception. I'm not uh, saying that was going to swing the game because who knows if San Fran was going to be able to go down and left. get some points. It was going to swing the game, bro. But that, yeah, that was there was huge. nine minutes Every and 40-some seconds left, though. It was big. It was big. But it's not like there was two minutes left. Yeah, there was nine, almost ten minutes left. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was still not, yeah, nine minutes left. So, But I still feel sick for that, that brother because you know that's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Ultimately, though, guys, I told you, man, I don't believe in Kyle Shanahan. I don't believe in Janine Garofalo and the better team won. I don't and think the, I think shout out the to the Rams. This was the plan. And thus far, the plan has worked. Ray? Oh, I love Janine Garofalo's dope. She always. I heard, does her, it for me. I heard I she's rep by the same uh, agent as Careless Lavert. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the the agent works out of Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, platitudes. So you know, you know what's interesting to me is that you said they couldn't run the ball, but Debo and Eli, Elijah, Eli, whatever the hell you want to call them, were were pretty successful at what they were trying to do for three quarters, and then it's like all of a sudden the Rams are like, we should probably make Garoppolo throw the ball. Hmm. That might get us the win. Fourth quarter, you realize he was very efficient, and the team was moving fairly well, considered because the Rams do have a good defense. It's an older defense, and it's not a very versatile defense, but it's good at what they do. And then fourth quarter hits, and all of a sudden, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo goes from looking like Tom Brady Jr. to looking like Jimmy Janine Garoppolo. Like it, it just all of a sudden he remembered. Oh yeah, it's almost like um, Cinderella, like the clock struck midnight, and like you know, <laughs> the pumpkin, the, the carriage turns back into a pumpkin, the the horse turns back into a rat. Of course, Garoppolo is the rat because you know he's not a he's not you're, a princess, but your three hundred fifty um, pound linemen they turn into one hundred and seventy pound uh, you know slot receivers. One hundred percent. It uh, I I feel for the kid that that missed the pick. 100% because yes, that's, he's going to live that down. But Cooper Cup should win the damn MVP this year. I'm sorry, dog. I know Aaron Rodgers had the best year of any any quarterback, but what this dude is doing, it's just it's he, he's breaking records. He's having a season like we've ever seen and that includes goat Jerry Rice. It's just ridiculous. Odell with him it just only helps Cam Makers realized, remembered not to, not how to fumble the damn ball. Um, and uh, my takeaway, though, from this game, shout out to Matt Stafford. I'm happy that he finally gets to prove the world that Detroit sucks. It's not just him. Um, but my goal, my takeaway from this game is after the game is over, Odell Beckham, who has been the most maligned football player in football for three years, instead of celebrating with his team, goes over and hugs Debo Samuel. That is the most dope shit that I've seen in a while, and that's what that's what sports is supposed to be about. Because Debo Samuel left it all on the damn on the field. So um, 
we'll see what Trey Lance can do next year because Garoppolo is gone. He got to make another movie, apparently. Uh, shout out to him. Keep getting them checks. Uh, Dog but two, electric boogaloo. I'm with it. I'm with it. But the better team won. I mean, ultimately, we knew the Rams were the better team. The better team won. Let, we'll let Joey uh, finish this this uh, segment off. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh, I was like, wait, what? I thought you were skipping. So as as a as an alumnus of Eastern Illinois University, my heart does go out to my boy Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, as he's one of our you know our two NFL presents right now, and the other one just retired from coaching in Sean Payton. So like like you kind of you kind of brought it up, Ray. The fourth quarter. I the, the those last two drives, if you want to call them that, where Garoppolo was running for his life and then just made the like he made those rookie quarterback decisions like I'm going down I need to get rid of this football so let's pray that it falls harmlessly to the ground and of course it it never does it just you know goes off of caroms off of a hand. Gets intercepted, seals the game in the final try. He just, they, he he looked bad. The defensive front for the Rams bullied the offensive line for the Niners in both those series. Both those three and outs, like they had no chance. Like they had no chance at all. Aaron Donald, Dominic Sue, Von Miller, they were all coming, and they were they were either going to get the sack or they were going to make the play worthless, and they did it. Six straight plays, and. You know, for as bad as Jimmy Garoppolo was, he's a he he will be a fine backup somewhere. Uh because he is. He's good enough. He's good enough to How much to do you wanna I'll bet one you, game. You pick the dollar amount and I'll give you two to one and I'll tell you that he will start for an NFL team week one next year, barring an injury. He Guaranteed. One hundred percent. And you wanna know what really you wanna know what sarcastic you wanna know what really fucking pisses me off doesn't well, mean I think he's not gonna the, start. Here, and you're listen, changing my argument. Well, because you're just talking some nonsense so i had to jump in there but no you know, i say he'll make a he'll make a fine backup somewhere he's, he's gonna not get gonna be a he'll backup start and he'll get binged no he's gonna you know start what? somewhere here's the problem here's the problem likely he's gonna end up in green bay or he could end up in pittsburgh as well yeah. right, joey oh doctor yeah I, I i weep for both of you no he'll end up in chicago we'll, we'll figure Doug, out where, how to fuck that up where's you know, Doug Justin you Fields. you're you making no don't, sense don't rule Cleveland out there either, and I'm just right. like oh, as, we, as, as we all talk about how miserable yeah. our then he'd have to live are. in Cleveland. No, I don't really think he's going to Chicago. I'm Is Tom and Maddie still throwing the Listen, skin? Joey, take over here. Joey, go ahead. We'll, we'll we'll all keep talking unless you start talking. First of all. Uh, Jimmy G is dealing with a hor- horrific uh, thumb injury plus a shoulder injury. The dude was really hurt. Well. Not, I mean, I'm not saying he's he's awesome, but. He's okay. He's he's good enough to be a starter in the NFL. He's like mid level. But in this game, really the difference was at just at the end. They were even. They were tied. But they had but the Rams had that drive and Cooper Cup delivered. And the dude is having one of the greatest seasons of any wide receiver ever. And you look at him and say, him? You know, he's, you know, you look at what well, we're in draft season now and we, we, we look at, you know, height and weight and speed and, you know, hand size and all this goofy stuff. Cooper Cup doesn't have any of that. And he's still one of the best in the league. And that was the difference. It was it was just one thing. It is an exceptional route runner. I would imagine that 
that ingrains trust in your quarterback so much significantly faster than any other relationship when you know that a guy's going to be in a certain place, right? And a guy that can come out of breaks like he does, has the hands that he does, has the body control that he does. Like, some of the moves he makes, he, he's not fast like you said. I mean, compared to a normal person, he's fucking lightning. But on the field for the NFL, you see some of the moves he makes and where he moves his body and when he does it, he'll take off. And guys twice as fast as him, with in quotation marks, they're go- they're not even going the right direction. Antonio Brown is nothing special in terms of physical gifts. He's just the same thing. Excellent route runner. And yeah, it, it's hard to stop. All right, the, all this talk about MVP has led me to one last around the horn here before we move on. we got some big stuff to cover here. Right here, three-man weave. Follow us at three underscore man weave. Here we go, guys. Oh, boy. You know what? It helps when you reinsert the sound bar back in after you've, you've uh, you know, brought it down. A little, a little behind the scenes. Chris, just no. Yeah. Another. Well, no. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I was about to get scolded by Christopher Platt. All right, gentlemen, in honor of the big Lebowski, let's give our opinions, men, on who is your NFL MVP this year and who will win the NFL MVP this year. Let's start with Patrick. Jimmy Garoppolo. No, just kidding. Oh, my. Well, as, as much as it pains me, to admit it, I I, I hate doing it. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I I he owns us and he owned most of the league until he showed up or until he failed to show up for the playoffs. Um, but I don't think it'll be enough to keep him. So I actually think he's who I think should win and probably will win, even though I get it. Ray loves uh, Cooper Cup. Chris. My MVP for this season is John Madden football. <laughs> uh, similar to uh, Joey alluded to earlier about some of the questionable play calls that Kansas City had this season. That's the one thing I'm going to remember about this season. Some of these coaches going for two when it's not necessary, going for fourth and ones from your own 25. Like they're they're calling these games as if they're playing John Madden football. So that that's that's going to be my takeaway from this season. Uh, as far as uh, all jokes aside, I think A.A. Ron should win the MVP. I think they're going to give it to Tom on the way out the door. I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP and will win the MVP. Ray? Shocked. Shocked. Shocked you would believe that. Um, you know, look, this, this whole entire season has been about Aaron. Um, people like narratives. So Aaron is going to win it. Um, but I, you cannot deny that there is always going to be a recency bias and recency bias, including it and excluding it. I think Cooper cup has actually been the best player in football. He's just not a quarterback. So who's going to win it? You boys showing feeding them chat rooms. <laughs> Don't don't act, cat. <laughs> don't act like you ain't showed up for them little piggies. Uh, Joey, how about you? It's a coin toss between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. They might give it to Brady on the way out as a, as a, as a lovely parting gift either way. I mean, you know, look what happened when Aaron Rodgers didn't play 
poor Jordan Love was out there and and uh, and ruined everything. So uh, you know he that, that shows you how valuable he is. So yeah, it's either going to be Rodgers or Brady. It, right. it shows you how either how valuable he is or how terrible Jordan Love. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, don't remind me. All right, folks, you're listening to Three Man Weave right here, ChairShot Radio Network. You can find ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And don't forget to always use your head. We'll be right back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back. Three-man weave here. Myself, PC Tunney, Christopher Platt, Ray Cash, and a couple of great guests, Patrick O'Dowd from Bandwagon Nerds. And we got right there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, none other than Joey Bag of Donuts. Joey, before we get into this to- the next topic, you have quite the setup behind you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and where people can find you. And I want to thank you once again for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm Joey Bag of Donuts, VN7F. I live on Twitter. I don't sleep much. All I do is tweet. <laughs> I think I tweet like 500 times a day or something like that. I just, Twitter is my life. Uh, I'm all about Pittsburgh sports. I'm a, I do, uh, uh, I also do wrestling stuff. I also do uh, I, I like um, you know Marvel and Star Wars and all that geek stuff. But uh, yeah, my room is basically this is my I call it my fortress of solitude because uh, when the pandemic started, I had to I was working in an office and I had to come work at home. And I figured, let me take my crappy basement that's full of boxes and junk and let me turn it into something nice that, of, of all my favorite things. So uh, a lot of the stuff I already had, some of the stuff I got. But, yeah, I turned it into my my fortress of solitude. Well, it looks great. Uh, what's what's the best thing going in the Pittsburgh sports scene right now? All right, Ray, settle down. Oh, sorry. My bad. I had, you know you got to stretch sometimes? You know, your shoulder, your rotator cuff? Oh, yeah. You, you just happen to point to that Baltimore Ravens thing. What a, what a coincidence. Joey, if he does you it again. Door oh, sometimes. Jesus Christ. Everybody's going to start repping their teams now. Joey, just Joey. Talk, talk about how great the Pens are right now. Can you do that for us? Joey, if he Pens does it again, awesome. I'll go Pens get my fan. Chris Middleton bobblehead, and he'll be quiet real quick. <laughs> Hate you so much, this, this, uh, this man that lives in Houston, by the way, Joey. This man that lives in Houston is a Ravens and Suns fan. Go figure. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> the the big question in Pittsburgh is who's going to replace Ben Roethlisberger, and the there is a panic that it's going to be Mason Rudolph. We're in an mm. absolute panic. Mm. There may be there may be protests and riots, and 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 just they, they may just destroy the city if it if it ends up being Mason Rudolph. We would we would welcome Jimmy Garoppolo over Mason Rudolph. That would be a uh, that would be an upgrade. Can you pick it right? Doesn't then that makes both sense? It would make a lot of sense, but is he going to be available? I mean, the Steelers draft they're, they're at twenty, so who knows if he's going to be he's going to fall down to that. I don't think, I don't think you got to give away the straight. they'll trade up. They, I don't. They, they are. 
But I don't think they'll have to give away the farm to go get him. I think 11 or 12 is perfectly good. I, I haven't seen a lot of top 10 mocks that, that send a, a quarterback, let alone many offensive non-linemen going in the top 10. Um, so that's a that's yes, you have a little one on hey. the way, and thank God it doesn't have to live in Cleveland. So why are you making it right. a Browns fan? Hey. Let's just maybe be- maybe we'll have Baker Mayfield as our quarterback. Maybe we'll just snack him up. Would you be you're proud of that? No. Oh God. No. <laughs> Oh, very quick and fervent. No, I got to be honest. Yes, I I did buy my my son who's on the way. This little Browns onesie, but I'm I'm pretty sure this would be considered child abuse. So please don't anybody tell me. Tell on me. All right. Child services. (laughs) Child services to Atlanta, please. All right. Wait, you're complaining about you're complaining about a 20th pick in the first round. At least you have a first round draft pick, as opposed to us in Chicago who had a great GM who traded away, like, their future. Uh, go ahead, you Tony. You yeah. Go. yeah, it was so worth it. It's so awesome. We completely suck with this really good quarterback. It's great. So, oh, I, boo-hoo. Everybody on this call got a Super Bowl. Shut the fuck up, everybody. 1985, Flat. Oh, wait, you're the Never, player. Patrick! <laughs> yeah, but you had Jim Brown. Hey. Yeah, before I was born, before I was even thought of. The Browns won a championship in 1739. Shout out out to the Galloping Ghost out of of ground, baby. What's up? Browns were running shit from like 50 to about 61. Like, for real, for real. Right. So, gentlemen, I'm having a great time today. We're having a lot of fun here. Great vibe going on, talking to some good NFL football. Let's talk something very important that's going on in the NFL right now to change the tone a little bit. Um, Recently fired head coach, Miami Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores, has come out and is filing a class action lawsuit against the NFL for hiring practices. Not a big surprise here. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people are aware that this has been needing change for a long time. Uh, rules have been put in place, such as the, the, the Rooney rule. But these things have been kind of been taking uh, from a public perspective on, on the on the thoughts you can hear from one side is, is a lot of these things have just been a big joke and something that people really don't take seriously. Um, I, I'm not trying to put experiences or words into people's mouths. I'm just trying to report it. Um, if you want my personal opinion, I, I would imagine where there's smoke, there's generally fire. Um, I don't know who wants to jump in here and start here, because this is a really interesting topic that needs to be addressed. And I'm glad that it's actually hitting the public eye here. I, I mean, they had Hugh Jackson on SportsCenter um, and talked to him about his time in Cleveland, um, basically almost being nudged in the direction of losing, which really you look at that kind of thing doing it to a head coach you're you're hurting them so much in the long run right you're cutting their legs out from under them to be able to have longevity because you can always go point back to the times when what the hell was going on and when you can't say it you can't say it so i chris i i'm i'm talking about hugh jackson we're talking about that whole cleveland situation you're the cleveland fan what do you remember from that situation specifically, and how do you equate it to what Brian Flores is talking about here as well with different situations, is specifically with the Giants? Um, basically going, finding out he went, is going to an interview that he had no chance at. <laughs> it, it's funny you come to me with that lead-in because, ironically enough, or maybe not that ironically, 
Uh, if you guys recall, that was actually around the time that I had stopped watching the league in, you know, solidarity and support with Colin Kaepernick. So I pretty much missed the entire Hugh Jackson, Cleveland Browns run. Well, that was Miller Farmer went, what, 1-32 or something like that? Like, you know, so I, I don't know about that. Like, I put a tweet out when I saw that. I'm like, I don't know about that, though. But whatever, whatever. We we don't know the, the inner workings and whatnot. Um, this topic, it's, it's funny because... I spend so much time talking about stuff like this that when it finally hits the lexicon and everybody's talking about it, I'm tired of talking about this shit. And, you know, this is no different. Just be honest with you. But I I will give my thoughts here. Number one, Brian Flores, get your money. Okay, get your money. Uh, Don't don't be surprised if in a few months from now during the afternoon when you're between the, the, the court shows and the talk and the chew and whatever the fuck. Uh, you see this commercial in Brian Flores not, not talking about, I have a structured settlement, but I need cash now. Call J.G. Whitworth, 877-CASH-NOW. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to bring a little brevity to the situation because it is very, you know, this is a, a, a serious topic. So I read a little bit through some of the pages of the lawsuit, and, and some of these allegations are hilariously ridiculous uh, we'll, we'll start here with uh, Bill Belichick confusing his Brian's. I, I think that's probably the most human thing I've ever seen Bill Belichick do because we all do that, man, right? I, I, you know, me speaking personally, everybody's got six Chris's or Christopher's in their phone, right? So it's very easy. Like you think you text one Brian and you text the other one. Oh, shit, I fucked up. But from Flores' perspective, man, can you imagine having to go to a job interview knowing that you're not going to get the job but still having to go through the dog and pony show? Because if you show any the slightest inference of disapproval or, or whatever, oh, he doesn't interview good. Oh, he's got a bad attitude or whatever the fuck. And now you're fucked for the rest of your career, right? Because that's going to follow you around. Uh, moving right along, one of the other allegations, uh, which it, it seems so on brand for John Elway, by the way, showing up not only an hour late, but still drunk. I know I know. in the lawsuit they said hungover. That motherfucker was still drunk in an hour late. Like, come on, man, really? So, you know, this is the problem. This is one of the problems with the Rooney Rule. Like, I, I think the Rooney Rule was installed in good faith. But at this point in time, you just fill in a quota. That's all. That's all it is. You just fill in a quota to keep everybody off your back. And the most damning allegations have to be against uh, my man Ross and the Miami Dolphins, right? So according to the lawsuit, he instructed Flores to tank his first season in order for them to get a better draft pick and even offered to pay him $100,000 per loss, which that's what Hugh was saying about his time in Cleveland. And that's a tough spot. Because on one hand, you say, well, you should probably do what your boss, the guy that signs your checks, is asking you to do. But we all know how it would have worked out. If he would have went along with the plan, they would have got that pick, and they still would have got him up out of here in three years under the guy stuff. oh, we need to change the culture or some bullshit like that. Y'all know how this works. So this man goes out there, tries to prove his merits as a coach, and still loses the job. You know, there's no doubt in my mind this man should be a head coach in the league. I mean, look what he's done. He has a winning record. Like, you know, but the the, the bigger issue here, I'm glad that it's getting attention and that's great. But ultimately, I don't have faith that anything is going to change. Well, I mean, what's really going to happen here? We're going to get back to our same three to five black coaches in the league in a league that's 70 percent black. Maybe they might give us a six one for optics. 
And then eventually they'll bring in a black owner. And I use black owner in quotation marks, meaning that they're just going to be the figurehead for the franchise in the face of the franchise to make it look like something's happening. But ultimately, it's still going to be the good old boys controlling things behind the scenes. So think Magic Johnson as the owner in quotation marks of the Dodgers or Jay-Z. Shit, it's probably going to be Jay-Z. But Jay-Z, as the owner of the, the Brooklyn Nets, we had the 1.1100%, which basically all they put him in there for, and probably Magic, too. You put a, a black face on something or somebody, some, somebody that the people can relate to, so then you can come in and gentrify the whole area and put up some $18,000 per month condos and shit like that. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm, I'm going on a long, long time here, so I do apologize for that, gentlemen. But, yeah, ultimately, man— it, it is what it is. Nothing's going to change. I, I will say this, and then I'll pass it off to whomever, because I, I could keep talking about this forever, even though I don't want to. The irony. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the, the onus on my white brothers, man, my white brothers and sisters here, because this isn't our fight, quite frankly. I'm just going to be honest with you. This isn't our fight, man. If y'all look at this and say, you know what, this is fucked up, it's your obligation to put feet to the fire, feet to the flames, and speak truth to power and say, yo, this is fucked up and something has to change. And don't tell me y'all can't do it because I've seen y'all in action, man. When y'all want to get some shit done, y'all know how to get some shit done. Because it's not our league. We're just guests, quite frankly. So, yeah, they'll they'll throw some faces and some figureheads out there just to appease us and get everybody to calm down. But ultimately, man, nothing's going to change unless people, the dominant society, really wants it to change. And I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not done, but I'm done because, you know. Well, just so nobody has to completely follow exactly what just you just said, which was great. Um, man, I, I had this right here for you. Now I can't even find it. Son of a bitch. Don't you love when that happens and it just ruins everything, Platt? Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, that's it's, a little insider it's baseball. Gonna Jay, it's going to be Trey <laughs> or it's going to be Diddy or somebody like that. And they're going to be the minority or excuse me, the majority owner, but it's just again, it's wow. go ahead, man. I'm, go ahead, I'm done. By the way, I own I own the same amount of Google that Jay Z owned of the Nets. So, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> Patrick, jump in here. So, I mean, you're right. You're it's it's so funny that you're talking about this, Chris. And uh, I shared a book with Ray that I that I picked up out of my local library that I honestly people should read. It's called Raise a Fist, Take a Knee. It's uh, written by I'm going to lose John Feinstein. Washington Post, who basically, and, oh, sorry, and the subtitle is Race and the Illusion of Progress in Modern Sports. And the book is divided up into four sections. And this white reporter interviewed prominent black figures in sports, mostly within the NFL and the NBA. And as I've watched this current coaching carousel play out, it's literally like I'm watching the book happen with the way that coaches, I mean, there's nine vacancies right now, four of them have been filled and they're all white dudes. So that, and that tells you, and every one of them had to interview a, a person of color because of the Rooney rule. There's, you know, some hope that a few folks that have interviewed in some of the later positions are, are being connected to, uh, to some vacancies. I think I saw something like the saints are, are looking to hire a black coach. Um, but I, I tweeted when when this story broke, I tweeted an article from 2016 that was about Lovey Smith and basically pointed out that Brian Flores probably torpedoed his coaching career for a while. Uh, 
and he and somebody needed like I don't know that somebody needed to the way like in the sense that he needed to be the one to do it, uh, but it wasn't going to get the attention that you talked about, Chris, until somebody did it. And I think he's gonna he's gonna get blackballed the way that that Colin Kaepernick did, uh, and and he just he well they'll 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 say he's a candidate, but he'll never get invited seriously as a coaching candidate. Uh, because he's the one who's actually calling out the system. He's calling out the problems with the Rooney rule, that it is a hurdle that owners jump over to say that they did it, to say that they gave someone a shot, but they they just didn't meet it. In fact, I think the Giants put out a statement today that was like, oh, it was neck and neck between him and and Doval, but Doval was the guy that fit for us. And it's like, that's bullshit. Uh, and you look at examples of not only – and I'm not saying that these guys that got hired for coaching positions weren't qualified uh, to be head football coaches in the, in the NFL. What what I really find interesting and what I think Flores points out is it's it's not only that it's that much harder to get the job, it's that it's that, it's that much harder to get the second job and, and the third job and that their, their leashes are shorter for how long they – they get to build something. I mean, Lovey Smith took over a burned to the ground Tampa Bay Buccaneer franchise, won two games his first season, got it up to six the second season, and then he was fired under the auspices of we didn't want to lose our offensive coordinator. A guy Lovey Smith handpicked and they were getting along really well with to 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 go. He, the guy wasn't going anywhere, but they used his eight wins in two seasons against him when Hall of Fame coach. Tom Landry, in his first two seasons with the Cowboys, won guess how many games? Eight. Um, David Cully, guys, by the way, with the Texans. David Cully this year with the Texans. One right. Year. Right. And so it's not It's not even – it's It's not just the hiring practice, practice itself. It's the how fast can we get rid of this person and the expectation of perfection from a black man uh, as a coach. Uh, it's the same problem with the quarterback position. Like it took forever – and we still get black men. Like Lamar Jackson was told by franchise after franchise that he needed to play wide receiver or running back. And it wasn't until the Ravens actually agreed to take a chance on the guy. And it wasn't even a chance. The dude won a fucking Heisman. And we're sitting there like, no, nah, he can't make it in the NFL. He's not good enough. Uh, so it's it's a systemic problem. And and it's going to be one of those things like I'm really worried that it's going to go the direction the Platt described where it's going to it's going to garner attention. We're going to see some more hires. We're going to see poor seasons. Like the other example that I use is Eric Bieniemy, who can't for the life of him get a, a job. And the, and the narrative is, oh, well, he never calls the plays. Andy Reid calls the plays. Matt fucking Nagy had his job before he had his job. Guess what Matt fucking Nagy never did? As, as an offensive coordinator, call plays. Got four years with the Bears. Like, what are you John, talking about? John Harbaugh as a special teams coordinator. Right. What plays was he calling? Right. So, yeah, I it's it, this is this needs to happen. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's it's gonna hurt Brian Flores in the sense of his coaching career in the NFL. Um, but you know, and I'm worried it's gonna be a window dressing result. Ray, I'm gonna let I I can I see the floor. Uh, Ray, I'm gonna let you close this topic out. Go ahead, Joey, jump in. Is it my turn? Yes, sir. Okay. (laughs) The fact that we had to come to a point where 
a guy decides to sacrifice his own career because he's so sick of this bullshit is just sad. You know, I hear Platt talk about it. You could just hear in his voice. It's like, we've been through this already. This is nothing new. This has been going on for decades and it's going to keep on going on. Nothing's going to change. The one of the worst things in this lawsuit is he accuses the league of racial norms. If that's the case, racial norms, basically saying, "Oh, you know, black people—they're—they're they're just athletic. They're, you know, this is the same bullshit that we heard about black quarterbacks for you know for for fifty years now. Oh, they're—they're they're just athletic. They can't really think. You can't have—you can't have them be a coach because they're not smart enough. It's—it's." They're basically he's basically accusing them of being systemic racism. It's I, I don't know. I don't think anything is going to change. Like you said, it's going to be window dressing. Uh, what do they what do, what do we have on the end zones of every uh, NFL stadium End racism? Oh, good. Yeah. Let's put some or, you know, social justice, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's all window dressing. Not only. Isn't an old boys network, but it's an it's a nepotism network. I think it's like twenty percent of the hires and coaches are related to current coaches. It's sad. It's it's not, not nothing's going to change. Um, you know, someone mentioned, well, maybe they'll you know just to just to quiet everybody down, they'll they'll have a few more uh, black head coaches, and then and then it'll go away. How sad is it that the Rooney role did nothing because it was a giant sham and this is what this is what it's being exposed here that you had to say if you if you hire a minority from another team we'll give you good draft picks. A third round bat draft pick is a good draft pick. Even then, they still don't do anything. It's just sad and I don't think anything is going to change and you know Platt said well it, it, it's up to white people to do something I don't I don't know what can what can be done this is this is on the these owners these owners most of them who don't deserve a damn thing Mark Davis what did he do he he was born that, that was one thing he was he's Al Davis's kid that's that's his only qualifications for being an NFL owner and a billionaire well, you know real, what are real these quick, I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but shout out to Al Davis because if Al Davis is still living, granted he died like twenty years ago, even he though he only died balls like five. Off at that. But no, seriously, Al Davis, Cali Kaepernick would be in the league, and Brian Flores would be the new Raiders head coach if Al Davis was still around. And you know, if for no Al other Davis, reason, just to piss yes. off the. He was a thorn in his side to the owners. He did everything just to piss him off. And you're right. He would do all those things. And is and look what his son did just did. He ordered he, he ordered he just uh, hired McDaniels, who was a failure, a horrible failure as the Broncos coach. Look who's getting a, a uh a, another interview. Who who the one interview? Dan Quinn, who was a, a failure. They, you you keep retreading these same people that are failures. Brian Flores has success, and now we're just finding out some of the things that he had to put up with. You know, a crappy owner uh, being told you have to take Tua, even though he didn't want Tua. And let's, you know, and he's right about that. It's just not, nothing's going to change, and it's just so sad that a guy nobody's ever going to hire. Uh, Flores in the NFL again. That dude's getting blackballed. We're, he's he's done. He had to sacrifice his career for this because he's so sick of it, and nothing's going to get done. That's all I gotta say. Oh, one more thing: fifty-seven point five percent of the league is black, yet there's one black coach. That's like statistically impossible. 
that's a lower percentage than I heard. I heard 70%. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was 70 as well. I but thought it was still, too, either, yeah, way, was... either way, the majority of the league is black, and we got one black head coach, no right. black owners, and a handful of uh, black front office personnel. But my right. bad, Ray. I, let me stop jumping in. Let me. I'm going to mute my mic. Three quick hits before I hit my point real fast. Number one, it is not the job of the minority to fix the problem that the majority created. That's important to note. I know that some people are going to take that really bad. I don't give a fuck. It's the truth, right? Um, the another, the second point is um, I want to I want to say that I think Brian Flores will get hired by either the Texans or by the uh, the, the the Saints because it's because it, it's going to help the the league in saving face, right? And I forgot my third point because this is me and I forget you. Um, get to, let's get to the let's get to the. We still love situation. you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Someone needs to. Um, so I got to I got to while we got Joey here, I got to say I appreciate Pittsburgh and the Steelers when I think of a situation like this, because while the Rooney rule is a sham, at least the Rooney's tried to do something for whatever the reason was, whether it was altruistic, whether it was what does Stephanie Steph- McMahon say? The future of uh, marketing is is uh, is uh, philanthropy or whatever bullshit it is. He, they tried, right? But the Rooney Rule is akin to affirmative action. And while they can bring good things, the problem is you have to trust people are going to do the right shit, right? And that's the problem. You can't trust these people to do the right, the right things. And the other reason I bring up the Rooney Rule is because um, I think of a person like Mike Tomlin, who may be the best coach in this league right now, right? In, in the conversation for one of the best coaches. And the point of the Rooney Rule, or the the spirit, if we will, of the Rooney Rule, was to bring people in who had never had the opportunity to be interviewed, so that they would know what the hell they need to be doing. Because you, there is no other, you don't know what what to expect in an inter- interview for a head coach if you've just never been an interview for a head coach. There's not a class for that, right? The also the other point is that well maybe. If I can get out of my own way, it's almost like a rom-com, like a teen rom-com. If I can get out, it's, this is She's All That. If I can get <laughs> out of my own way and not look at this person as the nerd who's always like do, this and that, but realize that if I pull the hair back and take the, take their glasses off and put them in some nice clothes, they're really a dime, maybe I'll go out with them, right? And Mike Thomas is a perfect example of that because when he got hired, it was supposed to be Russ Grimm. They had made their mind up, and then this dude walks in and blows their mind. That's the point. The whole all we want, we don't want special treatment. We don't want. Well, I mean, I'll I'll take some money if you give it to me. But we don't want anything extra than what we're than what we want merit. If the best coach is who's the best coach for your job, and <clears throat> I remember my the other point I wanted to mention that that refers back to this. I'm so happy it's Brian Flores that did this. Only coach could have been better for the situation would have been Mike Tomlin, because if they were, if this would have been another coach, if this would have been, and no disrespect to people I'm mentioning, Raheem Morris, or you know, or any of these other people, um, um, Leslie Frazier, who didn't have great, um, great success when they coached the first time, people would all they'd do anything they can to ignore and say, well, they weren't good coaches anyway. You can clearly see the success that re- that this man Brian Flores had with the team that everybody expected to win two or three games. You can see how hard this team played for him. You can see how hard these players stuck up for him. You can see, but he should win Coach of the Year. He won't, 
but he should have he should have he's was a front runner for a long time. So and to see him get fired without any they have no plan for the future. They what's the purpose of firing this man? David Cully is one of the most egregious firings I've seen in any sport in a while. Your whole team is fucked. The guy you have before traded away your best player. Your quarterback decided to go mess with every chick he could get to just uh, get in massages. The the word the the owner dies. The he's literally the dude in the meme, the dog saying this is fine and there's fire everywhere. <laughs> and he made the team right. play so hard and win six games or however many they did. And you fire him. Who's be- who? Are you going to get better than him, right? And then the person who makes sense, D'Amico Ryans, a Houston, Texas legend, ain't even getting the interview, bruh. Like, what are you doing? So we know that it's been a problem forever. Chris mentioned that all of us are old enough. You, I'm glad you mentioned, Joey, about the black quarterback thing because I, I believe I'm the youngest on this call. I'm 33, and I'm old enough to remember that when Donovan McNabb was drafted, it was a shock. Donovan McNabb is a scrambler. This motherfucker stayed in the pocket all the damn time. But he's a scrambler. He can only run, right? So I remember these things, and I'm 33. So, yes, I know we, we all talk about change, and change is this buzzword that sounds good. Everybody wants to say it. Everybody wants it. Nobody knows how to get it. We need, we need more diversity in ownership. We need more diversity in, in positions of power. But the most egregious thing to me is in a league that has, that has been, for the most part, it's getting a little different now, apparently, with your 57.5% or whatever. But for the majority of the time, it's been a majority black. To look at this on paper and to say that 32 teams and only one coach and one newly hired general manager is worthy of being is worthy of being black. But 90%, more than 90% of the people who are in these positions were former players. There's not a lot of Sean McVay's out there, right? Most of these guys played in the league, started coaching, got a job, went to, got, did real good and went to player personnel and they became general managers, right? None of these guys that have been in the league that are great, you think can teach this shit or coach this shit? That's an admonition. That's a that that's, that's that tells you that the league is is full of shit. Not only on paper, but apparently the league can't be that good as talent wise. It can't be. You can't tell me your league is 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 successful from a talent perspective if the most talented people can't get jobs teaching the shit that they did for your for your league. It's all asinine. It's all ridiculous. And I know y'all say it's never going to change, and it's not because. The world's got to change for this to change, but this is a private entity, and I, 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 the reason the NBA I feel always work does better situations and handles situations is better than the NFL is because the players are the stars of that league. The NFL, who's the most popular person in the NFL right now, Jerry Jones. As long as the owners are the power, as long as the owners are the stars, it'll, nothing will ever change. First of all, I want to thank everybody for coming on and, and 
giving their honest opinion and, and being forthright with your thoughts on this topic, because it's very important for people of all ethnicities to come in and give their opinion on what's happening, especially when things aren't going right, you know, um, and even maybe more so when things are going right. So I want to give everybody literally 30 seconds or so to give their last thoughts since we've all had a chance to jump in here, maybe comment on something you didn't get a chance to that you thought of or, or something that someone else said. So Joey, you look like you're ready to jump in there. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go ahead. The other part of this besides charging racism is the um, accusation that the dolphins owner paid him a hundred thousand dollars per loss, basically told him to lose. If he has receipts, if he has proofs, you gotta bring you gotta kick that owner out. That is that's like that that damages the integrity of the game. You're paying you're you're tank we know you're tanking. We, we that was obvious, tank for Tua. But when you're when you're paying people to lose, wow, especially with how big gambling is now, that's that's th- you gotta kick that owner out. Second of all, Dan Snyder of the Washington commandos or whatever the heck they're called now, <laughs> he needs to go too. That dude, that dude needs to be kicked out. And maybe when you start kicking out some of these, these, let's call them old white dudes, maybe, maybe then something will change. Maybe then even, you know, even if the owner is, you know, uh, just, uh, just window dressing or whatever, then maybe something will change, but get rid of some of these dudes. Patrick. Uh, I agree with Ray that ownership and front office, uh, needs to change for there to be any sort of meaningful change at the coaching level. Ray, you talked about, you can only remember, you know, Donovan McNabb, Warren Moon had to play in Canada in order to play quarterback. True. Before yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Before yeah. he was able to be uh, able to come. And even then when he came back, he had a Hall of Fame career over over his time. And, and still there are people that didn't think he should be a quarterback in the NFL. So this is a, this is a longstanding problem with race that this is a this is hopefully a step, but it is it is by no means an end. And if there is any glimmer of hope, it is that at least at the quarterback position, you're seeing some level of of people coming around to folks of color playing that position. Right. And that then that moves up. Um, I I I know Flat touched on it a little bit, but I do want to touch back on the idea of Belichick like texting this dude saying, Hey, congratulations. And it was the wrong Brian uh, ESPN, which has been on point all day with this. It's been very, very repetitive, but they've been on point with all of this. Um, they had Hugh Jackson on talking about the same very thing. They had Marvin Lewis on. Now, if you know, Marvin Lewis was the architect behind the defense for the Ravens, the Ravens fan 2000. Right. And he was, he was um, going, he was up for the job uh, for in um, Carolina. Right after he was leaving, before he got to Cincinnati, and Ozzy told him, "Hey, your interview is Friday," and he was like, "I just saw on the news that John Fox is getting the job," and Ozzy was like, "I didn't hear that." So, of course, Ozzy, being the dude that he is, said, "You know what? Go get the interview anyway." Went for the interview, and then the next day after the interview, John Fox got awarded the job. That's a major, major, major issue that needs to be fixed. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's a rule that can fix that. It's just it's absolutely egregious, man. I yeah. That's there was something else I wanted to say, but fuck it. That's that's enough for today. It's that's ridiculous. Chris, 
And another, th- I'm just joking, joking. I'm <laughs> that, that's funny. That sounds like something I would do, so I wouldn't even mad at you. Um, I, I, real quick, I wanted to double back to something Joey brought up in regards to Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and him. You know the the allegation. Yeah, I guess we got to say allegations for legality reasons of him taking games. Yeah, allegations in quotation marks. Joey, I, I hate to bust your bubble, bro, but. That happens a lot more frequently than we really want to admit to. Like sports in itself is a billion dollar industry and the NFL, they're now in bed with DraftKings and some of these other places. So if you don't think that a lot of these games are manipulated and there's billion, it's a billion dollar industry, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, one more thing, Joe. Well, it's not I, said I, it out loud. Touche. Touche. <laughs> That's the quiet part. Touche. But uh, one more thing, I just wanted to give props to your coach, Mike Tomlin. Honestly, he, you know, I, I know that the, the Browns and the Steelers are supposed to be, be blood rivals, but ever since Tomlin arrived, I can't root against that man. And all he's done in his time as Pittsburgh is take that team to two Super Bowls, win one, never had a losing season. I don't know how he did that shit this season with spit, tape, bubblegum, and glue, got that team to the playoffs. And oh. Joey, you you know... There's a lot of pundits in your town. I'm looking at you, Mark Madden, that have been trying to run that man out of town Thank for you. years. Thank you. For years. You just listed all the things. He's been to three Super Bowls, never a losing season, and there is a significant percentage of the fan base that wants him fired. And we know why. It's because of the looks- color of his skin. That's oh, the well. only reason why. I- I've had, I've tried to have on my podcast call it done back for, for I've, I've had it for three years and I've tried to have people on to have this debate. And it's very hard to find somebody that, that, that wants him fired because I know why they want him fired. It's because of the color of his skin. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find someone that wants to objectively fire him. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's one of the best coaches in the league. There's zero reason to fire him. Why? Because he doesn't want a Super Bowl every year. It's ridiculous. I mean, people, maybe people don't like Omar Epps. <laughs> oh Most people that want him out of there probably don't even know who Omar Epps is. <laughs> yeah, they think they're the same person. Like they turn I mean, off yeah, Fox right. and, 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 and House is on, and they're like, "What's Tomlin doing on House?" That's yeah, exactly. He's not spending enough time with football. He's over here. Yes. <laughs> His priorities are together. <laughs> so I want to know all, all, even all those white coaches. All they do, uh, they be staying overnight in 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 game planning but really they'd be fucking the hell but you know well, urban well let's that not year, fucking huh? make okay. every white man standard okay. urban meyer as well okay come on now like give me a little slack here all right go <laughs> ahead joey okay that's fair can i just say one more thing uh you mentioned marvin lewis marvin lewis took a cincinnati team that was absolutely horrible that had a tradition of losing and he turned them into a perennial winner and after after that after he got fired from uh, Cincinnati, didn't have another job. Jim Caldwell took Detroit, Detroit, 2016, 2017, a winning record. They were nine and seven those years. Detroit, he made Detroit a winner, and they fired him after a winning season. Then then they, then they don't get another chance. And this ain't just the pros, because Tyrone Willingham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. don't don't get me started on Tony Dungy in Tampa Bay. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. 
but but we got to move on. Obviously, Tony's trying to rally us in. I have a lot of things to do tonight. Um, I I so we had two more topics to hit here. We're we're gonna do a men's NCAA basketball check in another week, and if Patrick and Joey want to join us for that, they're always more than welcome. Both of them, anytime they would like. There is one topic I would like to hit before we hit a commercial and come back with said topic. Uh, I just want to say that 40% of this podcast today is black, 60% is white, 100% of it agrees that change is unbelievably necessary. And I can tell you this. What, what did I get the math wrong? 60% is, is, of this podcast is black. Albino's count. Oh, you're on me on that one. Okay, I got oh, you. That's funny. Stop. That's horrible. I don't right? give that much credit. <laughs> oh, wow. Ouch. <laughs> but here's what I do want to say. You can't please 100% of the people all the time, but it's never a bad time to try to do the right thing all the time. You're listening to Three Man Weave on the Chairshot Radio Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Gentlemen, we are at the end of one of the greatest eras Um in any sports, as far as the greatest athletes of all time in said sport are. And I'm talking about tennis. Rafa Nadal, in winning the Australian Open, has won his 21st Grand Slam title, becoming the winningest male tennis player of all time as far as Grand Slams go, breaking the three-way tie between himself, Roger, and Novak, I refuse to get vaccinated, but I'm going to show up anyway to the party and see what the judge says. Yeah. Djokovic. Uh, it's interesting. I'm a big tennis fan. I don't know how big of a tennis fan you are, but I can tell you, I would imagine throughout the world, a lot of sports fans, if you co- talk about it globally, kind of like golf are paying attention to the majors, right? So I just wanted to get everybody's opinion here on who they think is the greatest tennis player of all time. Because to me, it's not Rafa Nadal, and it's not Roger Federer. It is Novak Djokovic. In considering that he's won the most hardcore titles out of any major player ever, and he's the only one of four to win every major twice, and if he can pull out one more French Open before his time is done, he'll be the only man to win each major three times. Now, I'm going to put these three guys ahead of Agassi and Sampras, Emerson and Laver, automatically because physicality and science and sports science has grown exponentially. Not, you know, obviously Emerson and Laver, you can just blow right past that conversation, but even Agassi and Sampras, in, in my opinion, right? You can throw Connors in there. You can throw Lendl in there if you want to and get, you know, technical about it. Uh, maybe an argument for, for the old lefty McEnroe yelling at the judge. Uh, Medvedev needs to take a break on that count because he got his ass booed. But gentlemen... Go ahead, Patrick. You you look like you're ready to jump. So, well, don't don't, don't disrespect Stefan Edberg, man. He's got to be in that conversation as well. Go ahead, Patrick. Go ahead ahead. and give your opinion. Let's hear your talk, Jage. 
Sit okay, back. Christopher, I will. So. All right, here you go. Snap. By the way, Tony, I love how you were like, these are my favorites, and all these other people, if you say them, you're wrong. Uh, I was, that was adorable. That's no, pretty I'm good, right? You could throw this person out of here, you're wrong. I hate Well, at some point, I get arguments. to give my opinion, too, so, you know, come on now. It's true. <laughs> I, I hate greatest of all time arguments because in sports, the sport changes so much that it's hard to make that argument. Like, it's like... Babe Ruth is arguably one of the greatest baseball players of all time, but could well, he play today? The no. problem is no, Same because I don't know if he is... could. I don't know if he could obtain his sheep text, testicle elixir. Shout out to last week's fair, show. Fair enough. But uh, for me, uh, when I did have an interest in tennis, and I and I did have a time where, um, you know, tennis was was as as interesting as anything. I can remember watching NBC on Sundays. Um, for for finals, and it was Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras was the guy. Like him, you know, you talked about him and Agassi and, and their rivalry, but he was the dominant player of his era for that span of a guy with like five ten. I can't remember how many championships he had, but he was, you know, he was as good as anybody. Was it six? Fourteen. Um, fourteen. Okay. Um, the two hand thing can be, can yeah, be challenging, but. But he was, you, you just, one, there was, there was a time where you, you just, you figured it was going to be Sampras and Agassi in the final and Pete Sampras was going to win. And and that was what it was. And he was, that was it. He was the guy. So for me, it was, it was Pete Sampras. Ray, go ahead. First off, are we just talking men or are we talking in general? Because the answer is Serena. Well, we're talking men. Okay. Um, so to answer to answer your question, um, I, I, I probably got to go Djokovic as well because uh, he's the only one that's never. So if I get these wrong, forgive me. Uh, don't you know, worry, I'm I'll black, correct you. So. I got everything up here. <laughs> uh, I, thank you. Ooh, just, I almost you know. I almost slipped like we were on pot as well. I'll tell you later. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Federer had issues on clay. Nadal had issues on grass. The only issue Djokovic got is getting the damn shot in his ass. What's up with that? What's up with your boy? And your and no, okay. Um, but anyway, back to Brian Flores. Look, let me tell you something. NFL, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, you, I got blindsided when I got the text today about the rundown, and there was like a tennis topic, and I was like, oh, we're fancy today. So you, my boy, drinking his beer with his pinky out. So. Yeah, exactly. So shout out to my boy Tony. Djokovic is probably the guy, all jokes aside, because he's been dominant probably the longest, as crazy as that sounds, because he's been doing this for a minute now in terms of the men. In a quite literal sense, it's Federer, but he had a he had a valley there for a while. But Djokovic has been dominant for the longest amount of time on the most different amounts of 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 surfaces. Um, so and, and like you said, only one with two. On, on all four of the majors, yeah, it's got to be Djokovic, man. And, and you know, you ain't got to like the guy to admit his greatness. Well, well, Nadal has two on all of them now, so the, he's one of four. Um, but at the same time, yeah. if you want to compare the he problem, the problem with the, get in the damn the, pro, the problem with picking Nadal is he's won thirteen French, right? So if that many, uh, if if sixty six percent of your wins are on one surface, not to say that Nadal is in top five all time, right, or top three or whatever you want to say. It's just when you look at those numbers by major, Chris, it kind of speaks a, it tells a story. 
No, it definitely tells a story. And and quiet is kept, man. I've been a tennis fan my entire life. I don't keep up as much as I used to, especially with the men, because the men have just gotten too good and the, the, the matches just aren't well, the, fun. The, it's just yeah, a the, bunch there's of, not a lot of rallies. No, there's not a lot of serve and volley anymore. And it's just not it's just so I'm gonna sit there and watch two hundred mile power aces for five hours. I'm good. I'd rather watch the women. Plus three sets, two hours, I'm out of there. But you know, uh, yeah, that's the knock on Nadal because it, when he first started to make his ascension, he was he was strictly a clay guy, strictly a clay guy. I'm gonna give the edge to Federer because growing up, Pete Sampras. As much as I'm an Agassi fan, I absolutely loved Agassi. I loved his rally. I loved the fact that he could return serve as well as he did. I liked the flash and everything that came along with Agassi. For a long time, he was style over substance, and then he kind of figured it out towards the end of his career and had a, a decent run. But Sampras was the best that I ever saw. And I feel like Federer is the remix to Pete Sampras. So with all due respect to, to all due respects to anybody else, man, I got to put Federer number one all time. By, by the way, for the record, if you're talking just best stuff, maybe Andy Roddick maybe had the best stuff I've ever seen. Oh, get just out of here. Just stop. Guy. He's got the fucking no, hottest wah, wife. Wah, wah, Joey, wah, jump wah, in here wah, before we wah, lose wah, it. Wah, Andy Roddick wah. is not close. He's not on a top even. He's not even a top. He might be top five I, Americans you're not ever. Listening not to what even. I'm you're, you're hearing what you want. He is not. In, I'm really no, good at that. he's not in the top 50 of the greatest players. But in terms of best stuff I've ever seen, uh, he may have the best stuff I've ever seen. I just couldn't know. pull it together. I don't know. Joey, jump in here. First of all, that King Richard movie is pretty darn good. If you haven't seen that, and from what I understand, it's pretty accurate as to how um, Serena and Venus were were brought up and you know what they had to go through and all that stuff so it's it's amazing and and <laughs> kudos kudos to him for for doing that when he 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 zigged when he could have zagged and uh you know did did things his way so kudos to him but anyway i think it's Djokovic. uh he has been number one for 358 weeks and counting so and and he has almost as many grand slam titles he's only one behind nadal uh so I mean, he's been number one the longest. I, I, that's why I think he's number one. Hard to argue with that logic. Uh, gentlemen, it's been an absolute blast. If I didn't have another engagement that I was supposed to start in two and a half minutes, we could have as many topics as you guys would like. Um, Joey, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope that we can uh, continue to work together in the future. If you need anything from us or, or, or likewise, we got we got show all those things you're interested in, my friend. We have all them shows, and I'm sure Patrick is dying to have you on the Bandwagon Nerds show. Um, so why don't you go ahead and lead the charge here and, and tell everybody where they can find you and exactly how to find you and what to listen to before we all go around the horn and get out of here. Thank you so much for having me. I have had a blast. I mean, I've just been on a podcast with a Browns fan and a Ravens fan, and I didn't, I didn't hate you guys. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm 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 programmed to hate those those uh, fan bases. Uh, no, I'm I'm I, I've had a blast. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm I'm Joey ba- Joey Bag of Donuts VN7F. I'm on Twitter. Um, I have my own podcast. It's called the Donut Bag. But uh, yeah, just just check me out on Twitter. Awesome stuff. You can follow me at PC Tunny, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Patrick? You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W... 
W R E S T L N G. I'm talking to Chris Patrick. You can keep going. Yeah. You are confusing the shit out I'm of me. Talking to Chris. I'm like, God damn, Patrick, just keep going. I'm talking to Chris. Third base, and I'm trying to speak here. (laughs) Wipe it all off and start over. Take two. You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. As Tony mentioned, you can catch me on the Chairshot Radio Network on the Greg DeMarco Show on Wednesdays or on Mondays. If you want to catch your pop culture nerd uh, information, you can listen to Bandwagon Nerds. We have a Twitter account as well at Bandwagon Nerds. This week, we start the Ott Project, running down the top 10 science fiction and fantasy movies of the first decade of the 2000s. So be sure to give us a listen this coming Monday. Raymond Cashington's the ninth. (sighs) What? Pittsburgh. Fucking (laughs) Pittsburgh. Uh, (laughs) Love you, Joey. Uh, I'm at It's Ray Cash. That's R-E-Y's and Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. And that show that Patrick just talked about, I'll be on there sometimes. As do I as well. I'll be on there sometimes. Maybe not in the recent memory, but I'll be back. But all all jokes aside, Bandwagon Nerds is literally the best show that you're not listening to. So I implore you to check it out. It's a cool show. It's a great vibe. It's a great hang. It's all things nerd. And I always have a great time every time I'm on there. So, yeah, go check them out. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. More importantly, like I said before, it bears repeating. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, come support the movement. Go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Pick up an official Chair Shot T-shirt. We literally have something for everyone. Hashtag journalism. G's did the job and many, many other cool designs. Make sure you go soft style with it as well. Thechairshot.com. Remember, we're not just a website; we're a movement. I'd like to thank our special guest, Joey. Thank you for coming on, man. It's been an honor, privilege, and pleasure. You're welcome back anytime, man. And I second the commissioner's thoughts, man. If there's anything we could ever do for you, man, you you part of the fam now, man. So Oh, thank you. Yeah, you part of the fam. So so come back whenever you'd like. Patrick, am I the, am I are... the top ten of white people? Uh, you're top fifteen, man. It was okay, a bullet. Okay. <laughs> with a bullet. With a hey, bullet. Hey, <laughs> Joey, <laughs> Joey, this ain't the coach's poll. This is the AP poll. It's hard to move up real quick. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if you show up without the Pittsburgh shit, you'll be top five. Oh, don't listen to that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow. Okay. I'll, I'll settle for 15. Yeah, that's where I, I, I like, thought he'd go. <laughs> I'd like to thank Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick, we give each other shit, but you already know, man. You're welcome wherever I'm at, man, and I think it's vice versa. Thanks for coming on. You know you have an open invitation. And thank you all the listeners, man. We appreciate you all for tuning in to this debacle known as Three Man Weave. We'll see you back here next week. Same plat time, same plat channel. Find something to do because there's no football this weekend. Maybe check out some college basketball so when we do do our college basketball preview, you'll know what the fuck we're talking about. But until next time, thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of Three Man Weave. Shalom. And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they stay there. Cause all I do is win, win, win. And if you go in it, put your hands in the air.
Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.